Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before the episode starts, I just want to clarify something at two points in the episode we do refer to our next episode as next week's episode um we are taking a hiatus for christmas and new year's so there will be no release on the 26th and the of december and the 2nd of january we're going to be back on the 9th of january with an episode of jennifer's body but we are going to do a little holiday hiatus because it's just not feasible for us to be recording and editing and doing shit at that time and whatever but we'll see y'all in January in the new year. And Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year's, all that stuff. And we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you listen, we love you. But you know where white gay men don't fuck, Rachel? In the grudge. There is no fucking in the grudge, really. Yeah, I guess there's some implied sex between Sarah Michelle Geller and... Well, that's true. That is true. They are pretty horny for each other. Discount Ashton Kutcher. Um... Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a perfect description of the man. It sure is. It's Sarah Michelle Geller and Discount Ashton Kutcher. I don't care about this guy so much that I'm not even going to look up the actor that played him. I only know that his name is Doug. His name is Doug. That's it. That's all I know about his character. Uh, he, basically, what like what is the point of him? He doesn't have a point. No, he's just there to be a white guy in Japan. It, it pretty much most of the most of the characters in that movie. The white characters. Anyways, I'm zoning out a little bit. Let's not do that. Um, hi. Hi, I'm Rachel. Don't look at me. I'm Judas. I tried to do something cheeky with our title. It didn't work. I'm so sorry. Um, please ignore <laughs> me. That was terrible. We are the podcast. Don't look now. Recording on an unusual day for us. So forgive us. It's like I had to work today. I did too. So all of my energy already went to that. <laughs> yeah. I can complain about this movie though, because complaining is an energy neutral act for me. Yes. Complaining is good for your health and there's lots to complain about with this fucking movie. All academia is, is either complaining about something you fucking hate or talking up something you love. 
Like nobody writes about <laughs> something <laughs> that they just felt ambivalent about. Fair, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there. Why would you? But um, early, I I've watched The Grudge today, right? And there was like thirty minutes left of the movie, and I messaged Rachel like, "Can I please not have to finish this?" Um, and she was like, "I." watched the whole thing so you have to and I was like oh okay so I did and it wasn't worth it but whatever this movie um I remember the first time I watched it I was in high school um, me too and I made out with my boyfriend during <laughs> it you which... did something way better than watch the movie yeah um I definitely wish watching it this time that I'd been making out with someone <laughs> instead of watching it same because that would have been so much more fun it was so much more fun than watching this movie like like my memory of it from high school was that it was scary this was not scary this was just boring the jump scares were bad they were annoying they were unnecessary. I hate jump scares but these were just stupid I can't believe Sam Raimi made such garbage I think my favorite, speaking of Sam Raimi, I think my favorite part of the movie is when his brother, his brother like plays the like social services, social worker guy thing person. And he just encounters this walking corpse of the woman who works for him. And he's just like totally like normal about it. Doesn't react at all. Only until like he sees that her jaw is gone. But like for a whole minute, He's acting like this is completely fine. Like he puts his fingers in her blood that's on the floor and he's just not phased by it. And I'm just, that was the best part of the movie for me. (laughs) Appreciate that Sam Raimi gets his brother Ted work all the time. Sam Raimi's like, I will get my brother a job. (laughs) Ted will always work so long as I am making movies um fun fact this is a little bit of a deviation but fun fact ted ramey sam's brother was in xena warrior princess which i was obsessed with as a kid so every time i see him i go joxer he's actually an excellent actor i love that for you (laughs) wait the name of his character in the grudges the name the name of his his full name, the f- character's full name, I'm sorry, is Alex Jones. <laughs> it's Alex Jones. It's superior Alex Jones. I will say that um, I'm pretty positive Sam Raimi still like produced Zeta Warrior Princess. <laughs> yeah. Does he just, are all of Ted's works just things made by his brother? I think so. Um, that's kind of, that's kind of sad. <laughs> it is sad because Ted is a comedic genius. So people should utilize him more. Anyways, Sam Raimi, who directed Evil Dead, which is genuinely a horror classic. Yeah. Should be ashamed to have his name associated with it. I don't think he directed the Grudge, though. No, the same guy that the thing that 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 surprises me with the Grudge and that confuses me with the Grudge is that it was directed by the same guy who directed the original. 
Um, I feel like maybe in trying to like change it for Western audiences, maybe he thinks people in the West are boring as fuck. Is he wrong? No. Probably not. He's probably like. Also, I looked him up and his his choice in beard is very interesting. (laughs) That's all. That has nothing to do with anything. It just. Yeah. I feel like at one point I attempted to watch the original Grudge. Is it also boring? I don't know that I ever did manage to watch it. There's only two years between the two. I think that um, he just thinks the people in America are boring and this is what we get. He's not wrong. If that's what Sam Raimi produced the, 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 the third remake of The Grudge because they remade the remake, right? Or did they remake it based on the original? I think he also was involved with this in some capacity. Because... No, he was. He was involved in both. He okay. produced both, yeah. Okay, so the sec the the twenty twenty one is based on the original, but it's also just another white we remake of um the grudge with completely different characters who are white. And in the case of twenty twenty, it's in um it's set in America. Okay, that's a choice. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. There doesn't seem to even be. Um, okay, there's one Asian actress. So wild that like, two. So the point of this episode is Orientalism and these uh, remakes of Eastern Asian horror. And it's really stop. Fast. You're making me sleepy. <laughs> it's really fascinating to me that like. Japanese people like a Japanese director managed to make something with orientalism in it for a foreign audience that he is like here I know how you guys hate the east oh god (laughs) you know how you guys like hate Asian people here you go so orientalism is the process through which the west constructs itself as like morally superior to the orient which when the term was being made edward said who was a palestinian scholar palestinian american scholar um was mostly talking about the middle east he's talking about the middle east because he was studying how people depicted the middle east in art and it was sort of like it's this idea of a land that you needed to go and civilize and conquer and was pretty much there for the takings of the empire. Um, But scholars pretty much agree now you can expand that term out very broadly to places that aren't North America and Western Europe because sort of like any place where you get this real gross stereotyping and othering of the people there and like in a way that like makes America seem morally superior right like Mm -hmm. all of Latin and South America is filled with drug dealers or beautiful exotic women that's one that I heard um and I chewed someone out for saying that 
No, well, all the women in these places are beautiful and exotic. Yes. It's just the word exotic. It just reminded me of how much I hate the word exotic. How yeah. angry it makes me. Like, right, like Chinese people aren't exotic, actually. Um, they outnumber white people. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so, yeah, the, like this idea that like these like grossly stereotyped places and especially in a way that positions the the west so again not even western hemisphere north america so u.s canada yeah, the, the symbolic west and western europe as like a morally superior place and exotic is also part of that because it's mm-hmm. exotic implies that the women are there for sexual taking while preserving the purity of white women because like white women you don't get to like enact all of your wildest sexual fantasies on them because they're the like women you marry and they're the mothers of yeah your children. they're the women you respect exactly so orientalism can again it can be very broadly applied to south america africa um middle east uh, or honestly all of asia um it can be applied even to eastern europe so (laughs) the orient has become a lot bigger than when saeed was talking about it um and very specifically in this you see it referring to about japan And also, I will say that, like, in making this, like, a Japanese director who, I don't know if he lives in America now or not, but if he's not living in America, he is not subjected to the same racism that Japanese Americans are, right? Because when you are living in a country that is predominantly Japanese by a wide margin, um, like, it's like crazy how many of the people in Japan are like just strictly ethnically Japanese. Um, You aren't surrounded by like the anti-Asian, anti-Japanese racism, but like Japanese people and Japanese people, like people of Japanese ancestry are facing here, which is why when like any celebrity decides to culturally appropriate um, like a kimonos or samurai swords or like the appearance of geishas or Ariana Grande Asian fishes for some reason people oh God, always yeah. people always ask people living in those countries they're like how do you feel about this but it's like the people living in those countries aren't subjected to the same racism on the same scale the the people living in this country are you should be asking Asians here how yeah. they feel. I definitely think that there's, you know, an element of like the internet definitely like broadens the range of American <laughs> racism towards people not living in True. America. But you're still like right, I still agree. I'm just saying, like, I do think that there is a broadening brought about by the internet it's always some like okay so one of the asian tropes they even talk about it in the article we read the china doll trope um one of the big examples of that is madame butterfly the opera where it 
what later on we see, like it, it was remade into Miss Saigon. Um, but it's basically, a, the show is about a American in Japan. It's an opera written by an Italian man. It stars an American in Japan. He marries a Japanese woman, gets her pregnant, leaves, goes to America, finds a white lady he wants to marry, comes back, and is like, oh, I want to get a divorce from you. Um, despite the, the fact that like they have like a child together. Um, and she's been waiting for him for five years. So instead of divorcing him, she sends off her son to go live with him and she kills herself. Um, Bruh, what the fuck? So, yeah, it's terrible. And then people will be like, wow, this opera is really racist. And then news reporters will be like, well, we talked to some people from Japan and they didn't mind. It's like, because those people don't have to deal with this idea that like, Japanese women are sexual sexual consumables for a white man. Like it's like missing the point. It's like purposefully missing the point mm-hmm. of what is going on. Yeah, because when when the white man goes to Japan, he is in a sense a minority, not you know an oppressed minority in any sense of the the word, but he doesn't have the same power that he does if he is in America and a Japanese woman arrives. Yes. And on top of that, like he doesn't have the same powers like over uh, people with Japanese ancestry living here today. Like I will admit that every time I see a white guy, like dating an Asian girl, I'm kind of always like looking at them, like blink twice if you need help. That's, I'll say that's kind of me with like gringos uh, marrying Latina women. Like, but I, and, and there's a whole culture here of g- white gringos marrying Latina women and Latina women actively seeking out to marry white gringos. So it's kind of a two-way street. Um, the men want their body. The women want their money. <laughs> it's a stereotype, but I will as I'm Latino. Um, I can say this. It's, it's true. And at least the sense that it's extremely common and that that's most of my stepmother's uh, social circle because that's who she is. <laughs> and that's who my dad, I love my father, but he definitely has a Latina fetish. And the fact that I am, you know, exist is kind of just testament to that, both me and my sister, because he married two different Latina women. <laughs> My dad dates white women. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I honestly, at this point, I would rather my dad date a white woman. Like, and that's like the other problem is it's like, then you have the ideas like it, it's complicated, like racial politics within yeah. the community. Um, <laughs> I guess uh, it is absolutely possible for a white man not to be disgusting about Asian women. I just feel like it feels like a rarity. No, that's fair. God, okay. So here's a funny, it's not funny. It's really not funny. It's more of a tragedy. Um, so my ex, his dad pretty much abandoned him and moved to Japan where he married a Japanese woman and had a child with her, proceeded to abandon the wife and child and moved back to Brazil um, where he had another wife and children. Those I don't think he abandoned as far as I know. 
my ex um, abandoned his ex-girlfriend and child to move to Japan um, because he has a, his whole thing with like also Japanese obsessed white man. Um, I, I don't keep in contact with him. I know about him, like about his life vaguely through other people. And I pretty sure he moved back to Brazil when the pandemic started, but I think otherwise he would have just stayed there and probably done the same thing his dad did. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. Disgusting. Um, And that is how you eroticize Asian women, which is disgusting. It is. And and it's because Asian women, like, in this country that I, that I've seen, or in this, not even just in this country, even in Brazil, where I'm from, um, the, the tendency, the way people act towards Asian women is either act like they are like these pure, chaste, clean, you know, angels, you know, just clean and pure of any sexual deviance and they're virgins and they're just wonderful little dolls that have never done anything wrong or they are this just erotic ideal and extremely sexy and exude sex and the femme fatale all of that stuff and it's just these two completely extreme ideas of a group of people who are yeah. diverse. Yeah, that's the uh, one of those is the China doll stereotype, and then the other is the dragon yeah. stereotype. That's it's pretty much what it breaks down to, and um, a lot of it is what they're being shown in media. Um, yeah, <laughs> and 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 I the rise of k-pop isn't helping no um because white people can't be normal about stuff (laughs) no No, they can't and the way that the k-pop industry controls their artists is so fucking weird it is so fucking weird i bet the american music industry is salivating thinking about how could they (laughs) yeah how could they do the same things to like exploit young artists yeah how can we make I an think exploitative a lot of... industry even more exploitative yeah <laughs> and it sucks like so much of the k-pop industry is like rooted in appealing to western ideals right in western audiences and it just fucking sucks man it is now. It wasn't when it started. No, it is now. It definitely wasn't when it, I'm not saying that it always was like this, but it became very popular in the West, right? And Americans became very weird about K-pop. And now a lot of it is tailored towards American, well, Western audiences. If Americans could be normal about it, um, I would be really honestly enthused about the idea Oh. No, me too. There's some really good K-pop music out there. I'm not arguing that it's a bad thing. Of other places becoming like the cultural producers and like America slowly losing the one thing it had with yeah. Hollywood. 
Um, With, you know, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But again, Americans can't be normal about this. So no. now Ariana Not Grande is going to use makeup to look Asian. Um, I can't wait for her to get uh, surgery on her eyelids. <laughs> reverse model, <laughs> reverse eyelid surgery. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's equality. Maybe, maybe that's equality since, um, Asian women undergo surgery to give themselves, like, the eyelid crease. Maybe it's, um, an actual act of reverse racism for white women to choose surgery to take away the eyelid crease. I'm crying. Thank you. Um, yeah so anyways the idea behind the article we read this week is that these movies reproduce um, orientalism which I would say the grudge remake for America absolutely does absolutely it is a movie set in Japan starring entirely white people like it's just weird and this is something the article points out the the Japanese monster, because the monster is still the same Japanese. It's it's a spirit of vengeance, and it's pretty much the same character as from the original movie. But in this one, she's made to be like obsessed with this white man, and it's her obsession with this white man that gets her killed. Instead of just like in the original, I think she just like gets murdered like for no reason by her like husband, and it's more of a like patriarchal thing. And then this one, no, she's like portrayed to be like this slut that wanted the attention of, uh, yeah. And her husband thought she was cheating on him. So her husband kills her, blah, blah, blah. And so she enacts her vengeance on everybody else. Uh, so the white people are the victims. Um, and they're the main cast. And they, none, most, half of them don't bother to learn Japanese. Like, I thought the, when fucking Clea Duvall's character is like, sad and complaining to her husband and oh my god I don't understand the language and I got lost and I don't know what's going on and it's like maybe that's your fault did you think about the fact that it might could it's that but that's your fault yeah you could at least be attempting to learn from Japanese you could at least try make a fucking effort and I don't feel bad like was I supposed to feel bad for her in that moment because I don't Sure. Was I supposed to feel bad for Sarah Michelle Geller's character? I don't. Yes. I did I don't it. Feel, I don't feel bad for white people. Um. <laughs> no, me neither. But End especially in the context of, yeah, but especially in the context of this movie that we're talking about, like, all I just felt was annoyance towards them. Like, they're the ones who went to a different country, but want to act like they're entitled to everything else and everybody else in the country needs to revolve around them and needs to speak their language instead of maybe they need to fucking adapt. Right. It's um, also, as I understand it, like you aren't actually going to find many Japanese people who speak English. Um, <laughs> which is fair. Which is fair. They don't really need to speak English when they're living in Japan. Yeah. If you go to Brazil, you're not going to encounter. Nobody speaks English in Brazil. And we don't need to. And for you to go to a country and expect that people speak your language just because of your like country's like imperial 
massive fucking hand. I don't even know what I'm saying, but just Americans like sense of entitlement is disgusting. Yeah, it really is. And and on top of that, like, I don't know, this like idea that Kyoko was preying on these poor white people. What's her name? Kyoko? I don't remember. Kayako? Kayako? Kayako. Yeah. I was wrong. Kayako is like preying on these poor white people. Um, this is so freaking ridiculous. Um, like, and, and the idea too, like the article talks about like the idea of yellow peril and Mm -hmm. sort of like this American anxiety about, um, in this sense, this idea that like Japan is like a, will technologically outpace America. Um, but like you're in Japan. If you don't want to be around Japanese people, don't go to Japan. If you hate it so much, go back to your country. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Go back to your own country then. (laughs) I love saying that to Americans. How do you feel, Americans? Americans should go back to their own country. They don't have a country. Um, they need to go back to where they came from. Um, hell. <laughs> so, um, I kind of just like this one's hard for me because I'm kind of like, oh yeah, I agree. This movie had Orientalism. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. The the reading is very on point. It is. And the movie is very boring. The movie is so boring. One of the good quotes from the reading is it talks about um, part of the reason that the movie has Orientalism is indeed because of sort of like falling into Western conventions. Um because it acts like a slasher movie a lot uh yeah because we also have um a final girl and sarah michelle geller definitely and i mean sarah michelle geller is also this kind of classic final girl right because mm-hmm. you have buffy yeah um, who is easily recognizable as a horror protagonist oh yeah and you know the movie's also produced by Sam Raimi, who is very well versed in Western horror and the like Western horror formula of slashers and final girls. Yeah. Ash was his final girl in Evil Dead. <laughs> <laughs> he does have a girl name. Well, names can be like gender neutral, whatever. I just think it's funny in a I guess this is kind of misogynistic of me. I'm really sorry, but I do think it's kind of funny that his name is like Ashley and his middle name is like a super girly name too that I forget what it is now, but because <laughs> um, I I think I saw, I read his full name in the Dead by Daylight wiki for him. I had a nice little chuckle on that one. Yeah, women's rights. I think it's especially poignant because final girls often get gender neutral kind of like male like that's true that is true they're very they're very tomboyed yes ashley joanna williams is his full name (laughs) good for him for him (laughs) um i wish i had more to say 
I do too. You definitely don't though. Um excuse me, his wife's name is Candy Bar and his child's name is Brandy Bar. Who? Ash. Ash has a kid. Dead. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Boy, I have not watched any Evil Dead movies outside the first one. Um, no, me neither. The first one is good, though. That is completely off topic. The grudge is bad, though. Usually we don't do movie reviews because... It's not a movie review podcast, but... Um, the grudge is honestly far and away the worst one we've watched. Yeah. Do you want to hear a fun fact about Evil Dead, though? I I'm do. so sorry. I'm still on the Wikipedia page for Ash. Um, Ash appears non-canonically in the pornographic parody film Evil Head from 2012. Oh. <laughs> yeah, fun fact. This is a fun fact. I love uh, pornographic horror parodies. I think they're very funny and stupid. <laughs> and just, like, to this day, I still think of Edward Dildo Hands. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, again, I wish I had more, but I think we'll have more to talk about next week when we do Jennifer's body. Oh, yeah. we will. Oh, we'll I be. am a Middle Eastern person. I'm from what, like, my family is from West Asia, so I do have a lot to say about Orientalism. I feel like I said it all. Covered the 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 basis basis. You covered the talking points of the reading for sure. Sure did. Um, in that you shouldn't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. I am coming into this with a perspective as a Latino person. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. using that as like my jumping off point for empathizing. But it's definitely not the same experience. But they are it's similar. similar yeah. though. Because again, South Asia gets Orientalism too. Mm-hmm. Wait, you mean South All America? Because... Right. South Asia. <laughs> South Asia was like South a given. Asia. Yeah. Yeah. And also South Asia. And also South Asia. <laughs> <laughs> I am tired. That's my problem. Me too. We, we can record on Sunday. Yeah. We usually record on Sunday, like when the sun is out. Like right now, it's it's close to my bedtime. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> we are slaves to the capitalist machine. Even though I don't really work. For a capitalist job. Fair. But we still must wake up early and grind our gears and oil the machine. I like my job. I do really enjoy my job, actually. (laughs) But I don't enjoy waking up at 7 in the morning. I wouldn't either. I have to get up at 8 tomorrow, though. So, R.I.P. us. Yep. All right. Well, next week, Jennifer's Body, we'll be talking about queer theory with that. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited. I love Jennifer's Body so much. I think, you know what? I think I love it more than The Shining. Yeah, that Jennifer's Body deserves to be my number one favorite movie now, actually. It is. I'm very excited. Jennifer's Body is available for free, thanks to IMDb TV, who's nice. not sponsoring us, um, <laughs> but if they want to. Hit us up. <laughs> or maybe Uh, they are i don't listen to our ads uh, (laughs) i don't think they are no they're probably not that's it yeah for us stay spooky spooky bye